a message for liberals and the mainstream media. You can't handle the truth! So, buckle up, snowflakes, because we're about to deliver the politically direct best in conservative commentary, news, and investigative reports. We're telling the truth, and we're not gonna stop. Okay, liberals, back under the bridge with the rest of your fellow trolls, and oh yeah, Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots. They are special, special people on RSPRadio1.com. Welcome to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot. Diane Sorry at the Patriot Factor. It's Tuesday night, the 17th of October. Welcome to it. Good evening, Diane. Good evening, Craig, and how are you? I was going to say good morning. (laughs) (laughs) It's not morning. No, because we have been into the news cycle um, because of the happenings in Israel since last week, and most of the nights we haven't gotten any sleep, my end or on your end, and I'm kind of slap happy at this point. All the days are running together right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like, like last night I went day. to bed. Last night I went to bed at four a.m. and I was up at five thirty. I mean, this is how it's been going. Oh, it's crazy! Yeah, crazy. And I've got, I've got a meeting on Thursday afternoon. I just hope when it's Thursday, I remember it's Thursday. Uh, I'll try to remind you if I remember. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's gotten to that point. Mm. Kind of crazy. You, you know what else is kind of crazy is the situation in the U.S. House of Representatives. They had a vote at noon today or shortly afternoon, somewhere between noon and one o'clock, because, you know, nothing ever really runs on time. Um, for Speaker of the House, uh, for Jim Jordan. And, of course, those... Those votes, when they do that, it's a roll call vote, and it takes forever, you know. And, I mean, you could grow a root while you're sitting there waiting for it to, to, you know. But it got about a little over halfway through, and I'm looking at the numbers, and I thought, no, he's not going to be speaker on this vote. (laughs) This is getting ridiculous. I mean, the world is in a mess. Our country is in a mess. And we're fighting over who should be speaker because we're fighting within ourselves. But part of the problem with this whole vote, I'm sorry to say it, but Trump opened his mouth and endorsed somebody when he should have just shut up and let the process run on its own. I don't think he did it deliberately to cause, you know, friction or whatever. But him inserting himself into something that was outside his realm at this point, saying, I endorse Jim Jordan, that automatically fueled up the people that are anti-Trump in Congress 
or that the pe- the people that supported other candidates. So he set a tone of divisiveness and division before the first vote was ever taken. You know, I, I, frankly, the speakership does not involve him. And, exactly. You know, and I can understand the press wanting to go to him and say, well, you know, who do you think ought to be a speaker? I mean, I get that. Right. But but Trump should have said, you know what? It's none of my business. This is House business. Let the House do what they have to do. I'll work with anybody. Instead, Period. his exact words to the media were, well, if they ask me, I would consider it. I know. Well, and that's because somebody said, would you consider it? You know, well, again, you know, no, I'm not interested in that. You know, this is a House deal. The House is going to have to pick a speaker. I'm staying out of it. I mean, that's what you should do. Right. In that, but that's not Trump. He can't let things like that go. He's got to no. put his two cents worth in, and then all hell breaks loose. Now, this afternoon, it was very interesting. There was a handful of other people outside of Jim Jordan who got revote, who got votes from Republicans. Right. Okay, Scalise got a few votes. McCarthy got a few votes. Uh, Thomas Massey, I think, got got a vote. Lee Zeldin, I think, got three votes. Yes. Um, there's a couple others I never even heard of. Um, you know, the, the you know once that starts happening, you know the first vote it's going to wind up without a speaker, and that's exactly what what happened. But the interesting part of that was. You know, while all these other people were voting for McCarthy or Scalise, Scalise and McCarthy both voted for Jim Jordan. Well, what I find very odd is when Scalise lost, he lost by, I believe it was eight votes. Jim Jordan lost by 20 votes. That's a big difference yeah. as opposed to, you know, uh, 208, 209, as opposed to 198, 197, whatever. So that's leading me to believe that we really need somebody totally new. Get the ones out of the, uh, the big names out. Personally, if I had to take both of those names out, and I have no problem with Jim Jordan. I have no problem with Scalise. I have no problem with either of those men. But I think now we need somebody who's a bit more palatable. And I would guess at this point, to me, Lee Zeldin would be it. Because remember how close he came to be the first Republican governor in decades of in New uh, York. And, and, you know, I said a few weeks ago, because this has been going on that long, I said a few weeks ago my choice would be Lee Zeldin. So did um, I. You know, but the problem is, I don't care what name you throw out there, what name you put in the hat, getting all the Republicans on one page so they can get to 217 votes and elect a Speaker of the House is damn near impossible. Right now, I would suggest a kindergarten teacher because at least you'd have somebody who's used to dealing with children. With children. Well, you know what this, that's very true, but you know what this main battle is? 
this main battle is the pro-Trump Republicans versus the any other candidate but Trump Republicans. Right. And until this gets put aside and everybody agrees, whoever the nominee is, we support. This is going to drag on and on and on. But what's dangerous about this is we're closing in on that 45-day grace period. Remember that? Yeah. Well, it seems the Republicans in the House are forgetting that. that I, You know, doing the business of the House is no concern of theirs at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, their only concern, each and every individual member of the House on the Republican side of the aisle their main concern now is standing on their own little island of whatever. Um, you know, they're going to have another vote. I think it's tomorrow. I think it's going to be probably noon Eastern or around there again. Uh, Jim Jordan will again be the nominee for the Republicans. Hakeem Jeffries will be the nominee from the left side of the aisle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I expect if Jim Jordan doesn't drop out, and and remove his name from consideration. I expect this will probably go maybe five more rounds for a total of six rounds before you know some of these these you know children on the right side of the aisle come to their senses. You know the the Speaker of the House. You you may like him. You may not like him. But the Speaker of the House is who pushes to get things done. Right. Okay. And, you know, there's there's now more talk than ever about extending the powers of the sp- Speaker Pro Tem Patrick McHenry, but where does that stop? I mean, where do you draw the limit on the power you give the Speaker Pro Tem on a temporary basis? Right. I, I mean, I don't think that's the answer. Do you? It's it's not the answer at all, especially in the situation we're all in. Now, in the Middle East and here in our own country, we need a speaker. If it's going to be the pro temp, make it the pro temp, get to the 45 days, do what needs to be done, get your person elected or get your person elected now. But it's got to be someone strong. It's got to be someone that is, I hate to say it, folks, there's got to be some bipartisanship in certain issues. Well, we cannot have everything controlled by one side of the aisle. I agree you just, with you. It doesn't work that way anymore. I agree with you, We can't with you, have Diane. the far, far left, and we cannot have the far, far right. There has to be some consensus on certain issues. We stand strong for what we stand strong for. You don't capitulate, but you can sort of make deals. Remember Reagan's administration? The best deals he made were through bipartisanship. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, and I agree with you only up to a point. You know, the, the you know, what you say about bipartisanship, yeah, that's all well and fine, and, and I agree with you on that. But we can't find bipartisanship on our own side of the aisle. Exactly. You know, and until we get a bipartisan agreement on the right side of the aisle between the pro-Trump and the anti-Trump factions that are just, just having a pissing match right now, and that's all it really comes down to, um, that we can't do anything. 
Well, you know what it is? Our party is actually divided, I think, into three groups. Constitutional Republicans, conservative Republicans, and moderate Republicans. Right. I'm personally a constitutional Republican with conservative leanings. And then you have the diehard conservative religious-based Republicans. Then you have this kind of Republican and that kind of Republican. But I think it's really broken down into three that I said. And until there's a consensus between those three factions and understand, take away the beginning words and unite just as Republicans, I don't think we're going to get anything done. No. And, you know, not only is that 45-day extension on government spending creeping up on us like a cheap pair of shorts, the situation over in Israel is dire at this point, um, and, and the House can do nothing. The House can do nothing. Now, nothing. I can understand, okay, we, uh, we extend the powers of the Speaker Pro Tem <clears throat> so we can get something done with Israel. Okay, but what about the 45 days? What about the next thing that crops up? I mean, you know, we're, we're funding the government in bits and pieces and have been for decades. Mm-hmm. Are we going to do that now with the speakership in the House? You know, here's another question for you. Given the fact that the Republican side of the aisle cannot get their act together enough to vote for one person to be the Speaker of the House, why would anybody in their right mind now want to be the Speaker of the House? To try to bring unity to the party. The biggest way to bring unity to the party right now, I don't care if you support Trump or you support another candidate. We have to agree, whoever the nominee is, we as Republicans stand together and vote for that nominee. And also, Trump needs to start keeping his mouth shut with the ego. His ego and his narcissism is helping to divide the party. That's got to stop. Yeah, you're ahead in the polls now, a year out, well and fine. Situation can change. But this is ridiculous. He won't debate. He's afraid to debate, in my opinion, especially he's afraid, I believe, to debate Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. And yet he's out there bloviating how wonderful he is. And it's fracturing the party more and more, which filters down to all the nonsense now going on in the House. Well, let let me just let me just throw something else into the mix here. Okay, the longer this goes on the greater peril our even slim majority in the House becomes. As we get closer and closer to to 2024 in the election, with every single member of the House up for for election, okay, what the Republican side of the aisle is doing today is almost ensuring that we're going to lose the majority in the House. So if, if you're really looking at it, in the truest big picture sense of the word, okay, you're looking to elect a Speaker of the House 
who's only going to serve for a little over a year. Right. So quit your bickering, pull up your Mm -hmm. big boy pants, and vote for somebody and elect a Speaker of the House tomorrow. At this point, let it be Jim Jordan. He's a good guy. You're only going to have to deal with him, most likely, for about 13, 14 months, and then whoever that is will be out. So, geez, Louise, quit messing around and and get a speaker. Exactly. (laughs) This This is absolutely, positively ridiculous. But, Craig, before we talk about something that went on in Israel today, I just want to interject one thought. Okay. Okay. Everybody knows my candidate of choice is is Ron DeSantis, but I take the pledge. I will vote for Trump if he gets the nomination. There's a lot of lies going out there about the rescue of Americans in Israel. Now, let me set the record straight. Those flights that Ron DeSantis sent over were not just for Floridians. They were for any Americans that needed to get out, and they were not being charged. He is also sending planes to Greece, where Biden dropped these Americans with their pledge that they would pay pay back for their flights. So you need to know here, here it is, you've got a governor of this state, he, he took emergency funds, called up emergency teams, and his planes are going back and forth to Israel. The first night, which was last um, Sunday night, he got 271 Americans, including 91 children, back home to the United States. Were they all Floridians? No. Did they have to pay? No. Were they dumped in Greece like Biden is dumping the Americans? No. You need to understand, folks, we have people in this country that are trying to help. What I'd like to know is why Trump hasn't sent his big plane to get 300, 400 people out. Well, I don't know. know. Too too busy, I guess, lobbying for a House speaker. Uh, Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't don't. don't know. Um, You know, the question becomes... Why drop off people in Greece? I mean, if you're going to evacuate them from Israel, evacuate them back to the U.S. Exactly. I mean, I, I like Greek food as much as the next guy. I do. I love, I love Greek food. Okay? But there's no reason to drop them in Greece. Now, there was also a Royal Caribbean cruise ship that went over there and picked up a bunch of people. They dropped those people in Cyprus. Yeah, that makes no sense. The United States government will do everything to accommodate illegals at the border, but will not go and get Americans stranded in a country at war. They have to pay, sign a pledge. They're going to reimburse the government for our government to bring them back home when here it is our governor. Because we're running on a budget surplus. He's that good as a governor. We have extra monies. He's spending them to get the Americans back home. There's a big problem here, folks. You think? Yeah. You think? 
Um, there's there's more problems <clears throat> than than just that going on over there uh, yes. today. Um, this afternoon, uh, an an errant rocket from Islamic Jihad they hit a hospital. Now, but as soon as that happened, and I mean as soon as it happened, instantly when it happened, Hamas and Iran and and all the the people that support uh, Hamas over there, they all jumped up and down, pointed at Israel and said, Israel did it. Israel blew up the hospital. And that includes some members of our own House of Representatives, i.e. the squad. Okay. Oh, of course, pieces of garbage. Israel said, now, wait a minute. We're going to investigate this. We do not target hospitals. That location is not on our targeting list. Let us look into this. They looked into it. Come to find out, the rocket was one of many rockets fired by Islamic Jihad at Israel that fell short and came down and blew up this hospital. They're now saying it killed five or 600 people. You know, that, that number is going to be in dispute, too, for a while. But the proof that it, the, the rocket did not come from Israel was actually captured by none other than a video from Al Jazeera. That's right. And you notice, as soon as this news broke, the media has started tempering down the story about bad Israel. Yeah, because... It, it was fake news. Okay. It was absolutely fake news. Israel had nothing to do with it. Now, yes. you know, it's it's a tragic thing that happened, but it wouldn't have happened if Islamic Jihad wasn't trying to fire rockets at Israel. Right. Okay. I mean, you know, none of this would be going on if Hamas had not invaded Israel and went on a slaughter run on the 7th of October. That's right. Okay, so don't don't be pointing at Israel and say, ooh, Israel bad. You know, we've, we've got enough of that kind of crap going on in this country, and we're going to be talking about that coming up <laughs> later in the show. All right? Um, but even as we speak, Diane, Joe Biden is in the air on his way to Israel. That's a total joke because the Arab leaders who he was going to meet with have canceled on him. It's as big a joke, Craig, as what happened today at the United Nations. They have... Um, sort of yelled, if you will, at Israel, saying they are in violation of international law over their recent evacuation order. However, they have said zero, nothing. No Arab country will take these people. Egypt has closed their border. They don't want them. Jordan, where they belong, because they're technically Jordanian citizens, Jordanian DNA, they carry Jordanian passports, won't take them. I got an idea. Round them all up and send them to Iran. They're so thrilled with them. Well, you know, I mean, Lebanon doesn't want them. The Arab Emirates right. don't want them. Saudi Arabia doesn't want them. 
Right. Okay. You know who does? The squad. They're saying, bring them over here. Not one person from Gaza should be allowed on U.S. soil. I am not saying all so-called Palestinians are terrorists. They're not. But they support all support and give their loyalty to Hamas. You know, some of them obviously are forced to be loyal to Hamas. The question is, how do you, how do you vet them? How do you know who's who? You don't. There's no, no. way to tell. No. Okay. Um, bringing even one of them over here is highly, highly, highly dangerous and problematic. Well, you bringing know what? With hundreds or thousands of them over here would be absolutely foolish. Well, you know, a couple of days ago, we caught some um, Lebanese and Syrians trying to enter this country. If this situation in Israel doesn't wake Biden and crew the hell up and shut our border, I like what DeSantis said he would do if he was president. They break our law. They don't listen and turn back. They face the consequences. And folks, you know what he was talking about. They're criminals. They're coming into this country illegally. That alone makes them criminals. And nowhere in the Constitution does it said we have to open our arms to criminals. It's time, really, we start listening to the Constitution and following its rules, that's supposed to be the rule of our land, not some dolt sitting in the White House who doesn't even know what day it is. You know, everybody is concerned, and rightly so, about the amount of potential terrorists coming across the southern border. Okay, But too many people have forgotten a couple of years ago, how many members of the Taliban did we bring over here as quote-unquote refugees from Afghanistan while we were leaving Americans stranded over there? We didn't, vet, mm-hmm. we did, we didn't vet any of those people that we brought over here. Mm-hmm. If they could get on the plane, they were brought over here. We can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, Ridiculous. So, so now Biden's on his way, all right? Uh, Mahmoud Abbas said, nope, I'm not going to meet with him. That was on the schedule. Um, the, uh, Jordanian foreign minister says, nope, I'm not going to meet with him either. That was on the schedule. I wouldn't be surprised if over the next few hours, El Sisi says, nope, we're pulling out of the meetings too. El Sisi might, I don't know which way he's going to go because he has formed a very good relationship with Israel. He has, uh, but this is Biden. I mean, El Sisi yeah, might, might meet with Netanyahu, but is he going to meet with this dolt that's flying over there? If that dolt was smart, well, you know, you can't be a dolt and be smart. But if he had one brain cell left, he would say, turn the plane around. He doesn't even know where he's going, I bet you. Probably not. I can see a statesman like Bibi meeting with him. That is going to be the biggest joke ever. I mean, right now, I mean, he's been in the air for about, what, three hours now. And I, I imagine at this point, he, you know, Biden is probably saying, you know, I don't remember it taking this long to get to Delaware before. <laughs> the only thing I can say about Biden at this point is, <laughs> 
is at least Biden is not talking bad about Netanyahu and Biden is not praising Hezbollah. Well, I mean, so everybody knows what I'm talking about. So we got, (laughs) we got that going for us, right? Yeah. But he told Iran, you know, if you're thinking about getting mixed up in this, don't. Well, Iran's already mixed up in this. You know, they it, orchestrated it and supplied all the 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 logistics, the equipment, everything. What more can Iran do? And, and what exactly does don't mean? Okay. I mean, it, does anybody in their right mind think that Iran is, is going to be bluffed by Joe Biden? Come on. No. Well, you know what else is funny? The U.N., Going back to that, the UN said that Israel should be the ones to provide for the Gazans. They call them Gazans at the UN who fled their home. Israel is supposed to provide for the people that are trying to wipe them off the map. This world has gone insane. I mean, this is, this is, it makes no sense at all. No. I mean, holy crap. Well, Listen, we got to wrap this segment up because we got two big segments coming up. Diane, you're going to be talking about Hell Unleashed. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to be talking about the enemies within. I'm going to have a few things to say about the UN. I'm also mm-hmm. going to have a few things to say about some other entities within the borders of the U.S. when it comes to this whole situation in Israel. Mm-hmm. You don't want to miss any of the rest of this show, folks. I'm telling you right now. Stay tuned. There's more Right Side Patriots after this. You're listening to Right Side Patriots Radio, the best in conservative commentary, news, and talk, where we do away with the politically correct nonsense and give you the politically direct truth. This is the home of Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with Craig Andreessen and Diane Sori. We're working to make this country great again from the right and leaving puddles of melted snowflakes on the left. Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots, your best bet on the Internet. You're listening to RSPRadio1.com. Hi guys, Diane Sorry from The Patriot Factor on thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com where I found a home base seven years ago after becoming one of Facebook's long-time Facebook felons or so I've been told by the Facebook gods. On my blog, you will find not only my articles, but our Right Side Patriots investigative reports, as well as stories and links to and from well-known writers and bloggers, plus what I call almost daily memes, my snarky take on news of the day. And for more great takes on the issues of the day, check out the National Patriot at thenationalpatriot.com, where you can read Craig's insight into all the current news happenings. And join us both on Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. EST at rspradio1.com.
Welcome back to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot, Diane Sorry at the Patriot Factor. If you miss any part of tonight's show, go to RSPRadio1.com, click the podcast button tomorrow morning. This show and all the others will be right there. All right, so Diane, we are both taking on different aspects of the war in Israel. You have yes. written an op-ed under the title of Hell Unleashed. Yes, and I'll start with this quote. Israel is at war. We don't want this war. It was forced upon us in the most brutal and savage way. But though Israel didn't start this war, Israel will finish it. That was said by Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu on October 9th. On October 7th, 2023, on the eve of the Jewish Holy Day of Simchat Torah, Hamas, funded by and operating under the orders of Iran, declared war on the Jewish state of Israel via well-coordinated land, sea, and air attacks. And as I started to write this, 1,300-plus Israelis lay dead, over 2,500 Israelis have been injured, 150-plus Israeli men, women, children, and elders have been kidnapped, and their fate remains unknown, along with the killing of at least 29 American citizens, with at least 15 other Americans unaccounted for, Americans possibly taken hostage or worse. We just don't know their fate yet. And what is rightfully being referred to as Israel's 9-11 saw on Netanyahu's orders 300,000-plus reservists being mobilized for what many experts believe will be a war spreading well past the perimeters of Hamas's home base in Gaza and possibly beyond the region itself, maybe even reaching all the way to Iran, where Armageddon could truly lay in waiting. Quote, once the Jewish people were stateless, once the Jewish people were defenseless, no longer. Netanyahu said that also on October 9th. And soon thereafter, Israeli Defense Minister Yoav Gallant informed Israel's southern command that a complete siege of Gaza was the objective, including that, quote, no electricity, no food, no fuel, no supplies whatsoever will be sent into Gaza because we are fighting animals and we will act accordingly. And now these animals, these what I call pieces of human garbage, have taken a page right out of the Nazi and ISIS playbook and have murdered, handcuffed Israeli children taken hostage, have burned Israelis alive, and have also stated that they will execute one hostage and behead one Israeli soldier on TV for every unannounced airstrike on Gaza. If Netanyahu does not start talking to Hamas and halt his retaliation efforts, thankfully, Netanyahu does not and will not negotiate or follow the orders of the enemy, a lesson in this country that we need to know, especially a certain past and current president. And Galan's calling these folks animals puts it mildly, for Hamas's actions prove them to be cold 
cold-blooded murderers, savages who have no right living among civilized men. Israel must now do what she has been holding off doing for years, holding off because of hopes for peace that through Hamas's seemingly never-ending actions dictated then, Craig, as they do now, that peace will never happen as peace was never Hamas's objective. Well, and with that in mind, Israel has a moral clarity about them and a directive that's equally clear about them. What is that moral directive and clarity, and and what is it that Israel has to do now? Okay, simply, Israel must destroy Hamas, literally wipe them off the map before Iran does that to Israel. Then do the same to Hezbollah, who has been firing rockets into northern Israel, and to Syria as well, who has entered into the fray, albeit to a much lesser degree. And while this three-front assault is meant to box Israel in by forcing her to fight on numerous fronts, know that when these terrorist groups are fully rendered impotent, Israel needs to show Iran who's force, for if Iran the head of the Islamic terrorist snake, is not permanently neutralized. Other Iran-funded terrorist groups will spring up to take Hamas's and Hezbollah's place. Quote, I promise you, dear citizens, at the end of the war, all our enemies will know it was a terrible mistake to attack Israel. What we will do to our enemy in the next few days will echo for generations, again said by Bibi on October 9th. Iran's plans for Israel's demise started back in 2006 when Hamas operatives secured power in Gaza and immediately began attacking Israel with Iranian-made rockets and mortars. And Israel rightfully retaliated not only courtesy of their superior firepower, but by putting into place a blockade that restricted imports and the movement of Palestinian civilians. Known as collective punishment, these two actions saw Hamas claiming that this is what caused Gaza's poor infrastructure and living conditions. But nothing could be farther from the truth. For what caused Gaza's problems was and remains Hamas's actions along with its direct ties to Iran. In fact, senior Hamas official Ali Baraka stated during an October 8th Russian television interview that the Israel attacks had been in the planning stage with Iran for years under, quote, the guise of Hamas governing Gaza. And as expected, the blame game against Netanyahu has begun as to why Israel intelligence did not pick up on this obviously well-planned, well-coordinated, and well-funded attack. But in my opinion, the blame does not lie with Netanyahu, but with the fact that Israel's mindset was distracted after Netanyahu lost the previous election to the Lapid-Bennett Kumbaya-style government. Simply, Craig, when the hawks are not in power, the doves tend to look away. And besides, our intel did not pick up on what was planned for September 11th. So that's enough said. You know, as you call it, the uh, the blame game, okay? Mm-hmm. 
it's kind of a natural reaction to things when there's a vacuum to be filled. And, you know, that's kind of what we're seeing here. Why is it that it, it, that something like this, why is it that it creates that vacuum? Okay. Placing blame is very easy when inhumane actions take place because we in the civilized world simply cannot wrap our minds around atrocities so evil as what's being committed against the Israeli people because we have nothing in our country's history to even remotely compare it to. So here, let me show you what true savagery looks like. Now, guys, in this article, I have embedded different videos. First, the murdering of children that they locked in a room and then brutally slaughtered them. I also have embedded at this point a young Israeli girl believed to have been captured at the music festival, cremated alive. Okay, so here, let me show you what true savagery looks like. Look at the video below of a young Israeli woman believed to have been taken hostage during the raid at the music festival. Like I said, basically being cremated alive. I have warnings all over this article because what I have embedded in here, including the Russian interview, is very graphic. Quote, tell the world what you saw here, end quote. These were the words of an Israeli soldier breaking down in tears after seeing the massacre done at the Kfar Aza Kibbutz, where people trying to escape were burnt alive in their cars, where entire families were slaughtered and babies and young children were beheaded, beheaded as per the Koran. Surah 47.4, quote, strike their necks until you have thoroughly subdued them, end quote. Atrocities done by and in the name of the religion of anything but peace. Look at all this. Don't turn away. And know that these atrocities tie directly back to both Nazi Holocaust of the 1930s and 40s and to the atrocities ISIS committed just a few short years ago. And whether some like it or not, Know that when Hamas knowingly murdered the first American, they declared war on the U.S. as well. And I have images of the burnt alive Israeli babies, the atrocities done to soldiers, and the burning alive of people in their cars as they tried to escape. So, do I feel sorry for the Palestinians as they hover in Gaza bomb shelters? No, I do not. Nor do I shed tears for the Palestinian mothers and fathers who lost children in Israel's retaliatory strikes. For these mothers and fathers side with and pledge loyalty to Hamas, even knowing their propensity for committing truly inhumane acts. And until these people who hate Israel more than they love their own children change that mindset, the war between what has proven to be good versus evil will continue on in one form or another. And again, I have next the most heartbreaking video I have seen besides the beheading of children, because this father said the most loving words I have ever heard a father say. I'm not going to tell you what they are, 
but let's just say his daughter was brutally murdered by these bastards. And so my heart cries for the innocent Israeli babies beheaded while others were burnt alive, whose butchery their mothers and fathers were forced to watch before they themselves were murdered. My heart cries for all the Israelis, Americans, and others whose lives were stolen from them by these most vile of people. Do I uh, support Israel seeking revenge for their deaths? Yes, I most certainly do. For what I am bearing witness to is the same type of atrocities that gave birth to the cry, never again. But sadly, it is happening again, while too many here in our country turn their eyes away from the horrors unfolding, for they, Craig, fear the truth these images and videos show. You know, it's more than... uh it's it's more than revenge it's more than defending israel itself that israel is undertaking mm-hmm. now it's kind of a hybrid uh if you will and and i i must say much deserved how do you see that as far as the revenge angle okay well i think that revenge even rightful revenge does come in many guises, with an eye for an eye being but one example. However, history shows that revenge tends to be best served when it comes replete with an admission of culpability and with rightful punishment taking place. The people of Israel need to know that while the vast majority of Americans truly are on their side, Part of the reason why Israel is facing the horror she's facing today is because both Barack Obama and his de facto third term in office puppet Joe Biden are now deeply covered in innocent Israeli blood. These two men must answer and face the consequences for an attack that in a way rests squarely on their shoulders for their actions help fund the atrocities now taking place. How so? Simply follow the money trail and couple that with appeasement. Remember, Obama back in 2016 paid these Islamists $1.7 billion in cash for what he knew was a ransom payment. In fact, one Hossein Salami, then deputy chief of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, a known hub of Islamic terrorism, published publicly took credit for arranging that deal. And then on the anniversary of 9-11, Joe Biden unfroze $6 billion in Iranian assets via a waiver for international bank transfers from South Korea to Qatar without fear of U.S. sanctions taking place. Unfroze assets he knew would never be used for humanitarian purposes is claimed. And while Biden claims that Iran has yet to cash these assets, which are now seemingly somewhat frozen again, know that what actually are money transfers can easily be paper shifted around. Use what's in their coffers now and Iran can replace those monies with a wink and a nod when no one is looking for these funds are going through Qatar. No need to say anything more. And not to be forgotten is that Biden also restored the sending of hundreds of millions of U.S. taxpayer dollars to Iran and the Palestinians that Trump cut off 
when in office, as well as his approved sending $75 million to the Palestinians the day before the terrorist attacks on Israel began, claiming these monies would be used for food assist, almost like Biden knew and was preparing Gaza residents for what was to come. Simply, all monies we sent to Iran, all the money sent to the Palestinians in Gaza helped in the organizing, orchestrating, and carrying out of Hamas's well-coordinated air, sea, and land attack on Israel. Remember, an attack of this magnitude, including the launching of literally thousands of rockets, it's now believed over 6,500 rockets, in fact, launching them into the Israeli population areas would not have been possible by Hamas alone unless it was pre-planned, well-funded, well-stocked, and well-orchestrated by Iran in advance. And know that this current attack on Israel is but the touch point for Iran's plan to wipe Israel and the Jewish people off the map, thus heralding in the return of the Levant. And Craig, if truth be told, the only way for Israel to get Obama's still embedded knife removed from her back is to call him and his puppet to task. You know, Biden can't string two words together, it seems like. Mm-hmm. You're not bothered by that affliction. Um, what do you think needs to be done at this point? Okay. While Joe Biden recently stumbled through teleprompted words in support of Israel, here is my opinion as to what should be our role in this Hamas-Iran-initiated war. I have six points. One, I believe we must stand strong militarily behind America's staunchest ally, Israel. Israel is not in Ukraine, so that argument must be a mute point. And that means with a ground presence, if needed, for remember that innocent Americans have been murdered by Hamas as well. Two, bomb Iran's oil fields into oblivion, for oil is their livelihood. Destroy Iran's main money source, and you neuter a great sum of their monetary terrorist funding power. Three, a dual Israeli-U.S. cyber attack needs to be initiated immediately against the sum of Iran's nuclear program, for if Hamas is defeated, no that Iran might well test one of their claimed, for peaceful purposes, nukes on Israel. And no, no matter words to the contrary, that Iran does indeed have at least one or two nukes ready for testing. Four, Putin must be put on notice not to get involved in this, for if he enters into the fray, none of this will end well for anyone. Five, Sending certain of our battleships and aircraft carriers to the Mediterranean in a show of support of Israel is a good thing. But at the same time, we need to be careful not to leave Taiwan without a strong U.S. naval and air presence, for China could well use the time we are rightfully focused on Israel to launch an attack on Taiwan. And six. Those in Congress who support Hamas's barbaric actions or who have not outwardly condemned said actions should be immediately censured and possibly removed from office because in their siding with Israel's enemy, they are siding with America's enemy as well. 
and so as U.S. charter flights are now in place to help get Americans who want to leave Israel out, the fact remains that Israel's hands must be untied to do what she needs to do, and America must stand strong alongside her. The once deemed unthinkable has now come to fruition, and it's the strength of Israel alone that stands between the free world and Western civilization's demise. If you think the elimination of Israel is all the Islamists want, you are horribly mistaken, for if Israel falls, they will come for us next. I stand united in solidarity with Israel, the Israeli people, and Israel, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Case closed. Folks, you gotta you gotta check out this op-ed from Diane. You can find it at Diane's blog, thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com, or you can go to rspradio1.com. Either way, you can get the link, and I would encourage you to share the video or the um, the op-ed everywhere because. If nothing else, the videos that are embedded in it. They're hard to watch. Um, they're, they're excessively savage. They're, they're excessively repugnant to watch. But you have to see them. You have to understand what's going on over there in its most brutal form. The Israelis did not invite this. The Israelis uh, were doing nothing to the Palestinians, except leaving them be, which which is a problem. You can't leave savages be. True. True. I also have embedded at the bottom in some footnotes um, the video of the IDF elite relief unit who rescued around 250 hostages. They are not the same as the 150 plus that are still held. These were rescued within a day or two of the attack. Uh, It's also extremely graphic. I also have a picture in here that includes some of the Israeli children that Hamas took. Many of them have been beheaded, part of the 40 babies and young children. This article was extremely hard to write. It was very hard to watch the videos. But I am of the belief after seeing what happened on Islam's day of, you know, revenge the other day, um, you know, calling for all this militancy and how some people in this country reacted. If you do not see what these bastards do, you're not going to have the fear that you should have them. We are dealing with inhumane savages. And like I said, if, if Israel is not stood by and stops them, they will be here. And something you need to know, folks, they hate the Christians as much as they hate the Jews. And, and, That needs to be remembered as well. And they hate America as much as they hate Israel. Yeah, remember, remember, we're the great Satan. They're the little Satan. Exactly. This is very, very dangerous. And if you don't open your eyes and see what these, what I call pieces of human garbage do, you haven't learned anything. 
I mean, and Craig, you're going to pick up more on that in your segment. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people uh, within our country uh, that mm-hmm. that need to be dealt with uh, in one way or another. Uh, in fact, uh, today there was yet another pro-Hamas protest in New York City at New York University. Oh, well, um, liberal, liberal bill, yeah. You know, and obviously I wrote... Uh, my commentary before that happened, you wrote this commentary, Hell Unleashed, before Biden even announced that he was going to fly over there. Yeah. You know, if, now if I with knew Biden, that, I would have put something in here like the last thing well, Israel needs right now is you. <laughs> yeah, but I, I fail to see what Biden can do over there that's going to make the situation any better for anybody other than Hamas and Iran. Mm-hmm. You know, well, uh, what he's going there for is to convince BB. I believe maybe you need to slow it down a little bit. If, you if, know, if if BB slows it down a little bit, there's something really wrong. If I were BB, I'd tell Biden get back on that plane, get the hell out of here. Yeah, you know, or just right not now, let it land. <laughs> you know, for for the last hour, uh, there's been a fire burning outside of the U.S. embassy in Lebanon. So yeah. that tells me we're about ready to lose another embassy on the Biden-Obama watch. And here's something very interesting. In Sweden, just yesterday, a group of ISIS loyalists killed a few Swedes who were in support of Israel. One I of mean, their sleeper cells. And you need to know that thanks to our open border, we have sleeper cells here in this country. And my husband came up with a very um, astute little thing today that we were talking about. So many of these people are now here in our country thanks to the open border. It's only a matter of time before we see on American soil another 9-11. I mean, you, you you can't pinpoint the time, but you can bet it's going to happen. Yes. You know, um, and then what? You know, I mean, this this is what, what the situation is in the world. And so much of this lies at the feet of the Obama-Biden, Biden-Obama regimes. You mm-hmm. know, when you fund the, the world's leading state sponsor of terrorism, Iran, and you fund Hamas and, and the Palestinians... What do you expect they're going to do with all that money? Oh, you can, you can, you know, lick yourself all over and, and say, well, it was for humanitarian purposes. If you're not smart enough to figure out that Iran and Hamas and Hezbollah and all those groups don't use money that you give them for humanitarian purposes, you don't deserve to be in office. Right. Absolutely. 100%. And another thing that people need to understand This is just not a war between Israel and and these terrorist organizations, and that includes Iran. This is an actual war now between modern civilization and people that still live like they lived centuries ago in their mentality. This is a war between the past, the present, and if we don't stop this now and get rid of these people, 
we're not going to have a future. True. Folks, go to Diane's blog, thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com, or go to rspradio1.com. Read it for yourself, watch the videos for yourselves, and share the link everywhere you can. It's under the title, Hell Unleashed. You can find it, at, again, Diane's blog, thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com, or rspradio1.com. With that, we've hit the top of the hour. We've got to take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to be talking about the enemies within. Stay with us. There's more Right Side Patriots after this. Hey guys, Diane Sorry from The Patriot Factor on thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com where I found a home base seven years ago after becoming one of Facebook's long-time Facebook felons, or so I've been told by the Facebook gods. On my blog, you will find not only my articles, but our Right Side Patriots investigative reports, as well as stories and links to and from well-known writers and bloggers, plus what I call almost daily memes, my snarky take on news of the day. And for more great takes on the issues of the day, check out the National Patriot at thenationalpatriot.com, where you can read Craig's insight into all the current news happenings. And join us both on Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. EST at rspradio1.com. You're listening to Right Side Patriots Radio, the best in conservative commentary, news, and talk where we do away with the politically correct nonsense and give you the politically direct truth. This is the home of Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with Craig Andreessen and Diane Sori. We're working to make this country great again from the right and leaving puddles of melted snowflakes on the left. Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots, your best bet on the Internet. You're listening to RSPRadio1.com. Welcome back to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot, Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. If you miss any part of this show tonight, go to rspradio1.com tomorrow morning, click the podcast button, and have at it. Trust me, you don't want to have missed anything that we are bringing you tonight. All right, so in our country, as this war over in Israel rages on, we've got a bunch of people over here that need a checkup from the neck up. Mm -hmm. And... Every day, there's a new bunch that that steps up to take the side of the savages and the barbarians of Hamas. So I wrote a commentary, The Enemies Within. And I'll start, you know, I usually don't do this, but I will do it tonight. I'll start with a quote. The Middle East region is quieter today than it has been in two decades, unquote. Now, those were the words of Joe Biden's National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, just eight days before the horrific barbaric attack against Israel by the international terrorist 
Iran-backed organization Hamas on Saturday, October 7th. That was the mindset of the Biden regime after loosening the sanctions on Iran from the first day in the Oval Office. That was the mindset of the Biden regime after allowing Iran to sell over 1 million barrels of oil per day to China. That was the mindset of the Biden regime after doing everything within their power to restart the Iran nuclear deal. And that was the mindset of the Biden regime after unlocking $6 billion in aid to Iran. It was also the mindset of the Biden regime after supplying a different but related international terrorist organization, the Taliban, with weapons he made sure were left behind and fully operational in the disastrous retreat from Afghanistan. In fact, the Taliban has sought permission for passage through Iran to help Hamas attack the Israeli people. This is exactly the sort of mindless blather I would expect from such a regime fronted by Obama's puppet, Joe Biden. But that doesn't make it any less repugnant. The anti-Semitism has not been confined to official statements from the Biden regime, however, as several members of Congress have also joined the chorus of anti-Jewish hatred. It's from The Usual Suspects the squad, plus a handful of other elected congressional liberals, including AOC, Tlaib, Omar, Bush, Bowman, Presley, Cesar, and Lee, who have issued their own hateful comments toward Israel and their support of Hamas. Tlaib, Omar, and others rushed to social media in the early hours of the attack on Israel, calling for a ceasefire so as to protect the barbarians who were committing the heinous acts. Tlaib and others also leveled blame at Israel for the attacks, with Tlaib stating, and I quote, the path to the future must include lifting the blockade, ending the occupation, and dismantling the apartheid system that creates suffocating, dehumanizing conditions that can lead to resistance. Rashida Tlaib and Cory Bush both called for the U.S. to end aid to Israel in the immediate aftermath of the barbaric attacks, and Tlaib turned her back and refused to even answer questions regarding the beheading of babies in Israel by the Hamas barbarians. I've got that video. Meanwhile, Diane, to his credit, New Jersey Democrat Representative Josh Gottheimer torched the squad for their comments following the outbreak of the war in Israel when he said, quote, it sickens me that while Israel... Israelis clean the blood of their family members shot in their homes. They believe Congress should strip U.S. funding to our Democratic ally and allow innocent civilians to suffer, unquote. Well, it's very interesting what happened while these uh, squad members and their supporters, you know, in Congress were bloviating. Certain things started happening around the country, especially in some major U.S. cities. That's right. On the streets, pro-Hamas protesters, that's pro-Hamas protesters, gathered in the U.S. cities to condemn Israel and voice their support for 7th century barbarians and cheer the, mass the massacre of innocent men, 
women, and children. On the streets of New York, pro-Hamas protesters shouted anti-Israeli hatred. They tore up Israeli flags, and they literally told Israelis to, and I quote, get ready to get barbecued, unquote. That's an obvious reference to the Nazi concentration camp ovens. Near Harvard University, another pro-Hamas crowd shouted, Animals, animals, you pigs, animals, Nazis, Nazis, Nazis. That from a man wearing a traditional Palestinian-colored headdress or scarf. The demonstration was held at Cambridge City Hall, just a half a mile from Harvard University, where more than two dozen student organizations declared last Saturday that Israel is entirely responsible for the ongoing Israel-Gaza war. That was near Harvard. At Harvard, there are no less than 31 pro-Hamas student organizations on that campus. And Harvard is far from alone in the anti-Semitic world of academia, as such terrorist support is found on far too many college campuses across our nation. Imagine sitting in a class as a Jewish student looking around the room and wondering how many of your classmates want you dead. Not just in our country either. Such pro-Hamas groups have taken to the streets in major cities in nations around the world. There have been pro-Hamas and anti-Israel marches in London, England, and Sydney, Australia, just to name a couple, and such marches include chants of gas the Jews. It is also not uncommon in any sense of the word to see swastikas on the banners being paraded at such marches both abroad and within the United States. Seriously, I could go on and on citing one example after another, such as groups and individuals engaging and supporting the barbarians who attacked Israel on October 7th, but there is one thing they all have in common and that is their political party of choice. Diane, they all represent the Democrat Party. They are liberals, and it is important that everyone realizes their political affiliation. They are all from the same political bent that has for years been labeling Republicans and conservatives as Nazis. That's correct. The very ilk that now openly and proudly carry swastikas into our streets, the very ilk that supports Hamas in their genocidal quest to exterminate the Jews and wipe Israel from the map by acts of such barbarism as murder of families, the rape and murder of women, the beheading of babies, and the slaughter of children in front of their parents before slaughtering and butchering the parents as well, are the exact same repugnant ilk who have for years been calling Republicans and conservatives Nazis. Some Nazis we are, right? Uh, At this point in Craig's um, commentary, he also has the video of the innocent Israeli children being slaughtered by these Hamas animals. But uh, what's funny is not only do they come from the same political party that you speak of, but they also demand something of that party. 
monetarily wise. That's right. Um, These repugnant liberals who support Hamas in their genocidal quest demand funding for the Hamas and Iranian terrorist organizations and their members of the exact same political party that has labeled parents in our country as domestic terrorists just because those parents believe they should have a say in their children's education. I say, when such ilk shows you exactly who they are, believe them and act accordingly. And what does act accordingly look like? Well, if we can identify the thousands of people that were in the nation's capital on January 6, 2021, we can sure as hell identify each and every Hamas-supporting, terrorist-supporting individual at a rally on the streets of New York. Those who belong to terrorist and Hamas-supported and supporting groups, especially student groups on our nation's college campuses, and those who belong to liberal unions, which also support the terrorist and Hamas organizations. Obviously, we can identify those members of our Congress who support the genocide of the Jews, and just as easily we can identify indoctrinators in colleges and universities who support the terrorists in wiping Israel from the face of the earth. Each and every such organization should immediately be designated as a terrorist organization for their support of Hamas and Iran, and each and every individual who is a member of any such organization or terrorist-supporting union should also be designated as a domestic terrorist and be immediately placed on the terrorist watch list. Furthermore, any member of Congress who has or does support such terrorist organizations should be immediately expelled from their elected positions. To be clear, that would mean that the Democratic Socialist Party to which far too many liberals in local, state, and federal government belong, would be immediately classified as a terrorist organization, and all their members would be immediately barred from holding any elected office. Naturally, under the guidelines I'm proposing, liberals will scream long and loud about their First Amendment rights, and I say, let them scream. I'm not saying they don't have a right to hold whatever opinion they choose, I'm simply saying there should be consequences for supporting terrorist organizations who advocate genocide against any peoples, and they should have to live with those consequences. If they don't like it, they're free to leave and live in whichever terrorist nation they support, where they will no doubt feel right at home. Diane, next up is the United Nations. And if the United Nations refuses to expel any and all member nations that support terrorist organizations, offer sanctuary to any terrorist organizations, or are themselves state sponsors of terrorism, then the U.S. should immediately expel the United Nations from U.S. soil and cut off every red cent of funding to the U.N., period. Well, I also like how you kind of take it a little bit further than just what we should do. Well, yeah. I mean, look, last week the UN Security Council refused to sanction Hamas as a terrorist organization, and Iran, the world's leading state sponsor of terrorism, is a member of the UN. 
In my opinion, all civilized nations, all of them, should immediately leave their memberships and the UN itself should be classified as a terrorist organization. On a larger scale, the U.S. should cut off all business with any country that does business with state sponsors of terrorism. China, are you listening? If China continues to buy oil or anything else from a state sponsor of terrorism like Iran, we should immediately ban any and all products made in China from the United States. And I do not want to hear any of this crap about doing such would destroy our economy. 100 years ago, we underwent the Industrial Revolution. Now is the time to bring about the U.S. Manufacturing Revolution. American ingenuity, American exceptionalism, and American technology can surely overcome in quick order the shortfalls in products we are now buying from China. That way, we will no longer be using American dollars and sending them to China to be laundered by communist China and then used to fund the elk of Iran and their terrorist proxy armies. Further, any and all shipping of oil from any state sponsor of terrorism needs to be immediately halted. That oil needs to be offloaded onto carriers from civilized nations, and once emptied, the, <clears throat> once emptied, the state sponsor of terrorism oil tankers need to be sent to the bottom of the world's oceans. America can and must again become not only energy independent, but must also become the number one exporter of oil in the world. That would bolster our economy through the roof while adding to our national security and the national security of the world's civilized countries. And finally, it's not just the left side of the political aisle that has been outwardly anti-Israel. There is blame to be placed on what I refer to as the holier-than-thous, the far-right, supposedly Christian ilk that has been posting to social media their own brand of condemnation for the Jewish state. I am specifically talking about those social media Christians who post such absurdities as, if the Jews of Israel had found Jesus Christ, they would have been saved. That bunch of phony Christians needs a history lesson and an ass-kicking. For one thing, the God of the Jews and the God of Christianity is the same God. Second, more wars have been started in the name of religion and a good many in the name of Christianity than for any other reason. So your historical track record isn't all sunshine and lollipops. And third, why not take your inane social media crusade and preach it in the streets of Tehran and let us all know how that works out for you? By the way, understand one very important thing. Judaism existed for thousands of years before there was Christianity, but Christianity would not exist but for Judaism as Jesus himself was Jewish. For far too long, Israel has been far too restrained where genocidal barbarians are concerned, and enough is enough. Never again has to mean something. 
and Israel is well within their rights to defend themselves to whatever degree that it takes to eliminate those who would like Israel wiped from the face of the earth. Israel should reclaim any and all lands they have given up for peace, as clearly that hasn't been working, and they should lay siege and waste to those who committed such barbaric acts as what the world witnessed on October 7th. The civilized world must now and forever stand with Israel against the ideology of evil that is rooted in Islamic terrorism and free the world from the ilk of Iranian oppression once and for all. God will have no mercy on the souls of the terrorist barbarians, so why should I? I stand with the nation of Israel, I stand with the people of Israel, and I stand with Prime Minister Bibi Netanyahu. Well, folks, when we both decided to do articles about what's going on in Israel, these two articles of ours work very well together as companion articles. Mine is the war itself. Craig's is the aftermath of what's going on in our country and other countries around the world. You really need to see them as a sort of completing the circle from the beginning to the end up to this point. Because no one knows what's going to happen. We have Iran threatening now to take preemptive strikes. Now, Iran is very, very, very foolish. They maybe have one or two nukes that they can test on Israel, um, maybe of the tactical kind. But Iran is very stupid because Israeli bomb shelters are built to withstand radiation. What Iran doesn't understand is how much Israel could retaliate against them. Israel could technically wipe them off the map. Yeah, I mean... if If it comes to that... Iran is the cause of most of the problems in this world. You get rid of Iran, most of these terrorist organizations would wilt away into nothing. You know, Iran is funding these organizations like Hamas and Hezbollah and so many others. Uh, Islamic Jihad, that's another one. Mm -hmm. Um, Not only are they funding them, they're supplying them. Uh, with the the missiles and the rockets and and the armament that they're using against Israel. Iran wants Israel and the United States destroyed. Mm -hmm. But you think they're going to be happy with just those two countries? Oh, hell no. No. You know, they're going to go after everybody that isn't an Islamic barbarian. Yeah. I mean it's, it's just it's we we know who they are. We know what they are. Right. All right. Uh unfortunately in our country we've got a bunch of indoctrinated college students now that are out there protesting in favor of Islamic barbarians. Yes. Okay, they're and they're protest was- yeah, they're protesting in favor of the terrorists in this world. Yes. It's sickening. It's very sickening. And the reason they, they're 
so adamant about Israel because you get rid of Israel and you have the original Levant, the crescent that is so important in Islamic um, ideology, that whole section of the world. These people want world people. I use that term very loosely. These people want world domination. They want us, all of us, either to accept them, follow Islam, or off with our heads. Yeah, let, let me just say something about these college groups. Okay, we'll, we'll pick on Harvard, okay? Mm-hmm. There's 31 of them at Harvard, okay? But that's just one college out of dozens and dozens and dozens. Right. All right? The same students that are out there backing Hamas backing Iran and protesting in favor of the quote-unquote Palestinians. you got to use your air quotes. These are the same people that two weeks ago were getting all upset because, oh, they might be misgendered. Okay? These are the... Listen, just, just hear me out. These are the same people, the same college students, that said, you must accept men pretending to be women. And you must accept the LGBTQEIEIO, whatever all the letters are. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now they're supporting Hamas yeah. and the Iranians. Mm-hmm. I got news for these little dweebs. Those two things don't reconcile. No. Okay? The Islamists, the, the terrorists, Iranians, the Palestinians, Hamas, Hezbollah, they've got no use for people who think they're a different gender. They got no use for men that dress up as women. They got no use for the LGBTQ coalition. They will kill you if you go over there and say, I'm a proud supporter of gays and lesbians. They they will kill you. And yet you on your safe little college campus, your ivory tower campus, you're going to protest in favor of the people that want you dead? I always thought we were sending the best and brightest to colleges like Harvard. Obviously, that is no longer the case. No. And now some of the biggest billionaire donors to schools like Harvard and things, they're telling Big name companies don't hire these these kids, if you will, uh, when they apply to your companies because these people they're giving names of the people that are supporting uh, Hamas, right? And well, big companies, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 they're saying, you know, these students are saying, well, they're doxing us, they're doxing us. No, you signed a public letter of support for Hamas in Iran. You signed a public letter of support, you little idiots. Just because your name now got released, you're not being doxxed. You signed a public letter. Look, right. you, you can get my commentary, The Enemies Within, by going to my blog, thenationalpatriot.com, or going to rspradio1.com. Either place, you can get the link, and I hope you share it everywhere. Okay? But I got to tell you, If you follow what I say in the article, especially in the second half of this article, then you won't have to rely on billionaire donors to these, 
you know, once respected, not anymore, uh, colleges not to hire the students that come out of there. Because if, if, if we as a country did what I suggest, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, I'm just saying it should. Right. If we do that, if every one of these students who's a member of one of these student organizations that is out there protesting in favor of international terrorist organizations and international state sponsors of terror get put on the terrorist watch list. Every company that does a background check from here on out, that is going to pop up. Mm -hmm. You know, if you go and apply for company A, and company A does a background check on you, because most companies do these days, especially companies that pay big money. Yes, true. If they do a background check on you and see that you are on the terrorist watch list, guess where you're not getting a job? The problem is this group of um, young adults that belong to these organizations, they are the first generation to be indoctrinated under the woke doctrines. Right. So the crap they're spewing out is what, unfortunately, these professors and teachers are teaching. We need to rid our colleges and universities of leftist professors, leftist teachers, and the whole whole entire woke ideology and everything it encompasses. We're not just talking about the biological aspect of it. But the political aspects, every part of the woke nonsense needs to be taken out of our schools or we're going to have another generation buying into this crap. It's it's just so brainless. It is brainless. brainless, You know, and obviously this stuff's going to continue. It's going to get worse. I may have to do a different article about it. You, Diane, may have to do a different article uh, you know, that that is more tied to, to the one you just did in this show tonight. Mm-hmm. I am working on one, yes, about you know. the culture of terrorism. So, I mean, stay tuned. You know, right now, uh, you know, it's, it's in the middle of the night uh, over in Israel. There's a fire outside the U.S. consulate in, in Lebanon. Right. Um, you know, uh, Biden's on his way over there. To do God knows what. Fall asleep while he's talking. You know, this is only going to get worse. And tomorrow we have yet another attempt to elect a Speaker of the House. (laughs) It just gets better and better, doesn't it? But with that, Diane, we're out of time. Okay. Nighty night, folks, and see you on Friday. Folks, have yourselves a great week, the best week you can have under the circumstances. We'll catch up with you again on Friday. Bye-bye.